Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week, I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. Hey there, my wise friends, and welcome to another episode of Collective Wisdom, which this week is with my friend and fellow IPEC coach, Marilyn Gerritsen. As you'll hear, we talk a lot about identity, taking off masks, and transformational change, which is a field that Marilyn has been working on in many different contexts, both in her corporate career and now as an executive coach, helping the next generation of leaders to define success on their terms. At one point during our conversation, Marilyn explains that one of the most generous things we can do in life is making space for others, taking the time to really listen and reflect back what we hear. And here's my gift to you this week, a conversation about reconnecting with your sense of fun, adventure and play. So joining me today from the Netherlands, I have my great friend, Marilyn Gerritsen, who I first met by happy coincidence when we both joined the same coach training program with IPEC back in the summer of 2020. What was clear to me from the start was that whilst Marilyn was new to the training program, she most definitely wasn't new to being a leader and a coach. And sure enough, it soon became apparent that Marilyn had been leading businesses and coaching teams through organizational transformation for many years already in her previous career as an international business leader for large Fortune 100 companies in the US and Europe. So I felt like I'd hit a jackpot when we were assigned to coach one another over three months as part of that training. What I learned is that not only is Marilyn an exceptional coach, she has an intuitive sixth sense for helping you to get that insight that will unlock lasting and sustainable change. But she also has a real talent for developing the leader that is inside you, a skill she's honed over many years as a leader of large teams herself, where she was prized for her ability to drive results in the now whilst always having her eye on the future, which isn't surprising really, given her belief that life is one big adventure a philosophy that she's embraced with her whole heart in her own life, traveling the world and trailblazing her own path to success. Now, in her capacity as an executive coach, she brings her enormous empathy and wisdom to helping develop the next generation of transformational leaders. So a warm welcome to you to the podcast, Marilyn. I'm so happy to be able to share some of that huge amount of wisdom with our listeners today. Thanks so much for being here. I'm very honored to be here, Kat. Wonderful <laughs> to be in this capacity now. <laughs> it is, isn't it? When you think of all the, you know, the chance meetings, chance encounters. But I do remember that very first, you know, we because we were in the middle of the pandemic, all of the training was virtual. And you get into a Zoom room and you see the little boxes. And you just had this sense of calm and ease right from the get-go, where I think a lot of people were quite nervous to be there. And it was true that for a lot of people, they hadn't really been in that context of speaking in front of a lot of people 
And you, yeah, you just had that nailed right from the outset. Yeah, I had that nailed. I also remember that I learned a few things during the training about myself, <laughs> which we which we are supposed to do also as coaches to know to know yourself. Really, absolutely, to, absolutely. Yeah. But I think it was that it was the fact that you had this calm assuredness, and yet you were willing to open up, be vulnerable. And I'm sure it's that quality that has made you such an exceptional leader out there in the business forums. Well, I I do hope so. Um, it has been a growth, honestly. It has been a a, a, a journey to to get where I am right now. Um, I wouldn't have wanted to miss anything that I did, and yet I'm very happy where I am right now, and no longer wanting to be that international business leader, but really being a, an executive coach. Um, it's so is in sync with what, how I want to make a difference. It also became apparent in the last few years of my career as an international, as, a, as, a, as that business leader, that um, I, I got my energy from helping other people fly, helping other people find and discover their talents, their strengths, and really make things work. And that's what I'm doing right now. I help people find their trail, find what they're about, embrace it, and mm. then run with it. Yeah, I think that's always been clear that it, for you, within those organizations, it's always been about the people, the people that make up those teams and how you can really bring the best out of them. Can you, I mean, if we go back to the start, did you did you envisage all of this as a, as a young graduate? You know, did you have that sort of burning ambition inside Hell you? Hell no. <laughs> I had no clue what I wanted to do for the longest period of time. I, I have a law degree from an international law degree, emphasis international, because I was attracted to international and had, had no clue what law was about. Honestly, I dragged myself through the, through the study because um, uh, there was a lot less international about it than I thought. Um, got my degree, started working for a law firm, which came on my way, which was more like a surprise, like, oh, okay, uh, let me try this. Let me, let me see how, what this is like. And while I loved working in the international environment that this law firm had and was, um, I quickly found out this is not for me, but because I was very specialized in what I did in this international law capacity. I had to go back to school and do an MBA because I really wanted to be part of the business world, even mm -hmm. if I had no clue what that was about. So I gave up my job and I started in the midst of another recession, right at the brink of it right now. But in a recession, I gave up my job and uh, um, did a full-time MBA in Rotterdam and in Canada. So you can imagine what my mom said about that. <laughs> so, yeah, there must have been a lot of, I mean, because back then as well, it wasn't, um, you know, there weren't that many women doing MBAs full stop. And, and I guess without that assuredness that I've got this, that, you know, you were just trusting some sort of instinct even at that early age. Yeah, but it's, yeah, that's true. And at, at the same time, these decisions were never made boom 
I'm going. There was a lot of turmoil inside me as well. There was a lot of doubt. Can I do this? What am I thinking? Why am I doing this? Blah, 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 etc. Um, and then there comes a moment where I say, I'm going to do it. And I trust inside me that I will that I will be okay. Yeah. Uh, even if I don't know yet what the outcome will be. Um, so it's a lot about trusting my my intuition, my gut, that it's going to be okay. And it turned out to be a great move for me, uh, just being in this international environment with lots of different people from all walks of life. We had a rather atypical MBA year with lots of um, colorful characters and uh, loved being there. Yeah. And, um, and that's, that's where my next um, career move started. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite clear that, but what seems to have been the sort of pull for you was, or the compass, if you like, was this idea of international, this idea that there's a big world out there, this, this adventurer inside you clearly was always there right from the outset. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, the first time that I realized that was when I was, um, uh, my, my grandmother uh, loved driving. She was actually a role model for me because she was very strong. She was generous. She was a lot of fun to be with. And she was the rock, the, 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 the everything that our family leaned on, if you wow, like. Wow, wow. And uh, and uh, so she uh, we, she was the one who loved driving cars, and she had this big red Mercedes. Um, and um, so we drove to uh, Italy uh, with her. And I remember just being so in awe about the mountains, about the scenery, about different people, people that spoke languages I could not understand. And I realized. There's so such a big world out there. And I think that's where my love of the world was born or at least acknowledged. Yeah, yeah. And it sows a seed, doesn't it? And then you yeah. kind of realize. And I, I I sense from your whole career that you've just been following those breadcrumbs. It's kind of this something stirs inside you and then, okay, how am I going to make this happen? And that's what your real skill is, is, is turning that sense of adventure into real tangible results, going out there and actually finding those roles that take you to the next place. True. And it, I, it, um, it's been a lot about uh, just following my interest, following, uh, there was never a path from A to Z where I was going to. Uh, that said, there. I what helped was I focused on stuff that I loved doing, stuff that I that really interested me, and that's where I started. You know, you build a knowledge base, you build uh, skills, and so on, and it, it takes you to the next stage, if you like. And I, if I look back at you know way back when, um, I was initially more functionally oriented, just, just focusing on uh, skill development, loving marketing, loving sales and product development and the skills of being a manager. And once I got to be a, a people leader and even before that, you know, just influencing groups of people, 
I increasingly loved that, started loving that. And what happened in my career, which is a running theme throughout, is wherever I was, I, I somehow was always involved in change projects. Um, either in a role, something needed to change or something needed to start or something needed to stop, or I sought it, I sought it out. So change sought me and I sought change. And, yeah. and it's because there's a belief in me that I want to build a legacy. I want to leave something behind. I want to help make things better. It's my belief, so people might not always agree with what I believe, but that's that's a real driver for me to 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 have meant something to to make a difference, and and in change you can really do that. Yeah, I think that's what I get the sense of it. So it's always about making positive change, and I think for so many people, change is a challenge. You know, the status quo is comfortable. We've been doing this. We've had some success with it. Why would we change? And yet you really do bring that spirit of a deeper understanding of that's how we make progress. That's how we're going to. And and that's on a personal level, you know, with I think change starts from inside the people and organizations are made up of people. And I think that's the insight that you have brought so well is how you can help people embrace change, um, even if it's going to be quite challenging and, and maybe a bit bumpy to go through those those transitions at the time. Well, as a change leader, it's uh, the, uh, the, the, benefit, the benefit or the doubtful benefit is that you're often out there in the desert, yeah. just calling out saying, look, guys, there's this wonderful green oasis coming. It's about to flourish. It's, it's about to be there. And everybody looks at you. Yeah, right. Um, uh, we see sand. <laughs> Do you see anything different? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and it's so as a you know, of, I was often in pioneering roles, in first roles, and that you know, there's a, there's a little bit of loneliness from time to time where you go. Come guys, come, come and see, come and join. Yeah. And and I mean, oh. you describe loneliness, but it must also be really hard because, you know, with any stepping out into the unknown, there's always a risk. There's always, maybe this isn't the way, maybe there is just sand out there, you know? And, and I think it's that sense of adventure that's always allowed you. And also this deep intuition that, that you can trust yourself, that even if this is the wrong decision right now, we'll make a new decision. And that's what gives people the confidence to follow you. You know, it's just, it's so clear that you have this capacity to, to pivot in the moment when you need to. That's a running theme throughout, throughout my life. Uh, I think, you know, possibly having to do also with uh, a few things happening early on in my life that were uh, difficult. Uh, I lost my father at a very young age. Wow. Uh, there were a few other things in my family that weren't as planned, if you like, that were different, that were difficult. I would say I had a very happy youth, really, truly. And at the same time, there was always this miss missing, this yeah. longing for my dad. And it also taught me that, uh, you know, life is not a given and you better make the most out of it. 
Yeah, and I think that's something you really have, have embraced. That's part, I think it's partly character. So, you know, everyone has a different way of dealing with loss and grief and things that were difficult. Um, so th there's that part. And then there's there's also character. And I think I have a mix of both that told me better go out there, better make something out of this because it can be over just like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that really, you know, I, I, I had forgotten, I did know that you said you lost your father very young. And I think that makes perfect sense to me that you have therefore learned that capacity to find the, the opportunity in some of life's great challenges, you know, right from a very early age, it's, it's almost, you're very good at putting a reframe on situations, you know, when people are looking at it as it's all doom gloom and disaster okay but where's the opportunity here where's where's the reframe how can we respond to this differently that will probably have an impact on the outcomes that may yeah it makes total sense to me and what i do with that that with that reframing it's a strength and it also has brought me in trouble <laughs> i like to hear these stories yes <laughs> in the sense that reframing is beautiful and helpful when you've lived the emotion when you've gone through the emotion and are able to pick yourself up reframing not positive blah blah talk but mm. reframing hey there's another perspective on this let's what could this different perspective be and let's go there yeah reframing can be harmful uh, or not so good for you when you start rationalizing when you only rationalize why this is good and not live the emotions right so, so um i've learned that the hard way that uh i was very good at reframing and in certain moments i pushed my emotions a little bit out there and now i now i know that that uh, it's it you have to live your emotions yeah, I think that's something for me, that's really the key to this. When we talk about inner work, it really is acknowledging how you feel about something, which in a lot of ways we're conditioned. There, there is this sort of reframe, if you like, but we can be happy all the time. But what I've come to understand, and largely it's through the work I've done training to be a coach through our explorations, you know, when we were sort of working together in that, that coaching, in those coaching moments is you can only really understand happiness when you, when you understand sadness, it's, it's in juxtaposition of those emotions. You know, we, we have to have an understanding of, you can only really appreciate the sunshine if you've been through the winter and it's rained every day, you know, it comes from really leaning into that emotional space. But do you did you find in a corporate world it was almost not appreciated to bring your emotional self to work? What I wanted to clarify on what I just said is that uh, emotions for me were always there. And I felt whole for a ver very long time. And then I got into a situation um, there has been a situation um, in a specific corporate situation where I felt I could not at all express who I was and be mm -hmm. who I was. It's a horrible experience. It's, it, it truly is. It, was, uh, it felt unsafe and it was not okay. 
And here's the reframing. I lived through all of that, but now I recognize it. I recognize what environment I was in and that it was okay not to feel okay in that environment. Yeah. I left it. And yeah. Um, still it was a good decision. Because all too often we can we can take that environment and and when we don't have that sense of belonging, when we don't feel we can express ourselves as a sort of fault in ourselves, as opposed to this is an environment that really could do with changing. There's a cultural need for change here within the whole organization. Yes, and cultural change takes a long time, takes mm -hmm. a long time. It's not the project. It's not the let's do a uh, six to eight month project and ta-da, everyone is changed. It doesn't work that way. It is a long trajectory. And, and the only way that people change is if they want to change, as you and I know from yeah, our yeah, yeah. education. So, um, so, you know, you also have to tell, to, to be in dialogue with yourself how much am I wanting to give this? How 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 much is is giving worth it? Yeah, and and maybe this is just not the the right organization for me. And there's a new decision on the horizon. Yeah, yeah. true, absolutely. And so so now, when you're working with leaders, um, what what's your ideal? You know, wh who are the people you really love to serve most? People who like to learn. Mm. And there's there's no there's no necessarily ideal picture of a leader because I I truly believe that we need all the flavors we need you and I we need lots of different people we need a lot of different flavors of leaders and um, my message also to the people that I coach is be who you truly are meant to be. Mm. and or become who you are truly meant to become right now which will evolve which it's it's a journey it's an ongoing journey it starts with the openness to learn and the openness to become aware um that's that's my ideal leader yeah yeah and it's so true that it is about bringing out to the fore those really um core core innate strengths that often people don't see in themselves. You know, I think that insight that you have, that that kind of, it is like an intuition. You really you really get straight to the, ah, oh, what I see in you is boom, and then bringing that to the fore. And I think once you, once you start to lean into those strengths, that's when your leadership suddenly takes on a whole new shiny life of its own, if you like. Yeah, strengths are often undervalued. I also facilitate leadership programs and then a group of people, a, leader, a group of leaders um, comes in the room and usually initially a bit, um, hmm, am I going to be told that I'm actually no good? Yeah. <laughs> well, and because oftentimes they, uh, you know, uh, the so-called development conversations that people have in companies, big companies, are often about, well, you did A, very well, and B, reasonably well, but let's talk about C, D, E, F, and G yeah. that are real development needs there for you. So it's it's often a bit of a punishing discussion where, uh, you know, 
um, if you start leaning into your strengths and really start developing them or uh, latent strengths that are, you know, that are there, that are interests that you want to try out, you become the leader you want to become. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't neutralize the things that are in the way. You know, we all have, we, none of us is perfect. So we all have things that you want to pay attention to and want to neutralize. But thinking that those would be strengths, it, it, it's, it ain't going to work. It's really about um, neutralizing those things and then really focusing on what you love, on getting the real yeah. you out there. And so that you can step into also the roles that fit you, that make that you come out. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm, I'm curious to know, because a lot of the industries you were working in were quite male dominated. Did you find yourself as a lone figure with this sort of almost like this sort of different outlook? Was it always quite a challenge to be in that environment? Or did you find that actually there was a loss of reception for your sort of way of operating? I always felt very at ease amongst men and women. Mm. Um, I don't feel less than a man, not more either. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so yes, you know, obviously there are, uh, there have been situations where I was the only uh, woman with 17 men in a, in a room yeah. and you have to pay a little bit attention uh, to not become uh, uh, the, the surfing lady <laughs> in, a charming way, in a charming way. <laughs> I, I, you know, you have to have a certain assertiveness uh, to be able to operate in that. And, you know, a, a playfulness, just seeing what's going to happen, what's happening and so on. And uh, that said, there have there absolutely have been situations where I definitely felt not as equal. For for example, in sometimes in how in pay or things like that, wow. and I would address it. I, I addressed it. Um, sometimes I won a little bit. <laughs> sometimes yeah. I didn't. But I think that's the other thing you're really good at is walking straight towards something, not dancing around it. You know, it's like. Let's name the elephant in the room. Let's call it and address it right now. Again, is that something that you have always done or is it that's a skill that you really leaned into in order to, to make those teams work? I think it has to do with somehow I connect a lot of dots and I, I sit there and I see that we're talking about something really small and my sense is we need to talk about something far bigger, the thing that's really bothering us. And so I've I've sometimes put the elephant literally on the table, <laughs> literally like, guys, we really need to talk about this. This is what's on our mind. Yeah. And everybody was going, actually, I'm worried too. So, so opening up what's out there, opening up what's really mattering that, uh, that I've done it quite a, quite a number of times. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the other thing that really came across for me when I was sort of talking to you about your career was just on the large scale, how much fun it's been, you know, you've, you've traveled the world, you've met 
so many different people in so many different walks of life. And I think that's the capacity that you bring to every space you inhabit is let's let's find the the exhilarating side of it, the the adventurous part of this, you know, let's, let's, let's not get too weighed down with the, the, the sort of minutiae of the day to day. I've used my career and my roles as a playground. Yeah. Because there's a lot of creativity and a lot of play in creating stuff. You might think play in a big bank play. What, what, what is she talking about? There's, but I, there was always this sense of combining things and playing with skills and bringing people together who uh, wanted to play too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, making changes, change, changing the outlook, changing uh, what's coming next and um, celebrating the results, celebrating what happened. And then to the next playground. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, the other thing that always struck me, because I know a lot of women, it is a real challenge to have these big roles. A lot of them involve a lot of travel and, you know, you, you have two beautiful daughters. So that balance for home life and, and making these roles work is something else. I think you, you just are great at helping people change things within their own lives, make small adaptations that can really help find that balance, tune that balance. Yes. And that is because I also learned that the hard way. Mm. Um, I was married to a Frenchman. Um, I'm, we are still very good um, after marriage. Uh, we have a good after marriage relationship now. It, it wasn't always that way. For the longest time, we had a very good relationship and a marriage. And uh, uh, while I was uh, working, he was taking care of the kids uh, during the week, and I was taking care of the kids in the evenings and in the in the weekends and so on. Um, and that balance worked out for quite a while, and then it didn't anymore because our relationship was difficult and it we couldn't make it to work anymore then i all honestly was uh, for a while in survival mode you know making sure that uh, there was an income taking care of my uh, by then almost puber puber uh, puber children uh, making sure that uh, the relationship with my ex-husband was working well and so I wouldn't call that that I was in balance at all. I was just trying to keep too many balls in the in the, in the air, and ignoring signs that I actually was had too much on my plate. Mm. So what I've learned is that your body, your mind, your soul are all connected. And for the longest time, I just ignored signs of my body that said hey 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 can you just start taking care of us because uh we're very tired here (laughs) and um um so i ignored that for a long time and it led to me being overworked for a while and i realized it's all connected it's all connected my body my spirit my soul um and now i can see when people lose their energy 
yeah. are in situations where their energy is low and doing small things on emotional or energy influencers to help them get to grips with their situation right now, but also build a life where they can really blossom and acknowledge that even if you're a top athlete, you sometimes need to rest. Yeah, yeah. And I think, gosh, it's amazing hearing you describe that because that's exactly what you've done. You know, when 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 that stress did get too much, I mean, ultimately you did listen and and you've now stepped into a, you know, you've made those changes for yourself and stepped into a life that feels much more aligned to where you are in your circumstances, where you need to be and, and how that can feel so much more fulfilling that there's a real empathy that you have for people who maybe it's maybe that that change needs to happen, but you have a deep understanding of how hard that can be to see it for yourself. Change is messy. Yeah. Yeah. Change is truly messy. And it's, there's a long time in between. There's a long time in between being here before you are being there. Yeah. <laughs> and, and there, um, because you're usually evolving your identity is also shifting somewhat and that's a very uncomfortable process uh, no no longer being your old identity if you like the yeah. the, label, the role the whatever it is everything the, the whether it's mother uh, leader well, going from wife to divorce to ex-wife ex yeah all that stuff yeah all of that stuff is uh, unsettling when 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 you're moving on to something else not knowing yet where that will be not knowing whether it will be as good or even better and i've lived through that myself and i know that it's not always easy at the same time i i i, I know this to be true you cannot change unless you do it yeah. So you have changing is doing. Changing is not thinking. Changing is doing. You have to start making the first experimental steps, and then another one, and see how it feels, and try that new identity, try the new situation, um, and then change is about a new beginning. Yeah, which I feel right now as well in in my role as executive coach and facilitator of leadership programs. For me, it's a new beginning. I love I learn again. I love learning. I love learning from my clients. I love being in this new space. This 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 which so well fits where my interest and my my heart is right now. Yeah, um, and even that has been a transition absolutely absolutely and i mean i we were talking the other week about you um you had a, a role that took you to venice and what i'm i'm finding i find so inspiring in the way you lead yourself first of all is it's back to how can i make this more fun how can you know how can i really feed that need that's still inside me to be on that adventure to you know um now i have this new identity this new role but i'm still going to bring all that I always bring to those roles to this one as well. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I guess um, I can't suppress the four-year-old child. No, <laughs> there's this irrepressive adventurer, this explorer. Who this... Wants to 
play a little bit, but also invites others to play. And it's yeah. it's 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 this invitation to come, come behind your masks, come step behind it, come out in the in the reality, come out here. It's safe here. We can we can experiment. We can discover new things, and it's so beautiful when people embrace that and initially reluctantly are going on these and uh, when we do ex experimental exercises and so on and there's a giggle and there's a laugh or there's yeah. a tear it also eludes lots of emotions yeah. and that creates it changes the whole atmosphere when people put off their masks and show their realness yeah, absolutely. And it must be such a joy to you now to be able to go into organizations, but not, you know, you don't have the weight of your capacity of I've got to deliver on the results as my in my role as a, a manager here. But at the same time, I get to have that role a little bit of developing people. Now you can just truly go in there and, as you say, play with those people, bring out the best of them that that's your your sole role if you like yes i and and that focus of on the people and on the teams um uh that that is where my passion is that is what i uh want to support people in yeah. to become the leaders they want to become and it's beautiful to just focus on that um one by one one leader after another one group after another uh, it's a very different way of thinking about impact. It's one one person to the next. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thinking about if they transform into who they want to be, imagine the ripple effect of their impact. And that's what I love about my work. Yeah. Also, about the ultimate ripple effect. So when you see teams transform, you know, what, what changes, what happens when, when a team really starts to gel? It starts with trust. Mm. They trust each other. They trust each other. And at the same time, they have the conversations that need to happen. So the trust is not only a warm bed. It's actually the, the condition for having difficult conversations, for stretching each other for challenging each other and also for having fun and, yeah. and knowing that you're sometimes out there saying something that's a bit wacky and it's okay because people understand, or you just say, sorry, I, sorry, I didn't mean that. Didn't mean that. So I think when teams hum, you actually start to see that that diversity that you were talking about, you know, it, it, they are better for having more different opinions rather than everybody thinking the same way that's what it feels like you're bringing out is that real capacity to to bring together people who might have lots of different ideas and that's when progress really happens diversity is not a nice to have diversity is essential in our world yeah and yeah. especially with everything that's now on the plate of leaders you can't think you can't have just one version of you <laughs> lots of little yous, little mini-me's who mimic your thoughts and 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 your your thought patterns. You need a lot of different people around you to get 
to 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 solve the paradoxes, to work with the paradoxes, to take imperfect decisions that move us forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, it's always struck me that you know, as a as a boss, as a leader in in your own organizations, going through your career, you must have been a really kind and approachable person to you know you need to get those results through but at the same time you do have this kindness about you this sort of this way of um facing challenge that and and I think it is that deep empathy that that underlies it so I was just wondering you know from your own point of view how much kindness has impacted your own life a lot and what comes to mind is is my grandmother who in you know the sometimes difficult situations that existed in our family was there for us and um sometimes we don't need to do anything special but just being there being there and yeah receiving people just with open arms and that was who she was and so my recollection of kindness dates from a very young age when yeah. when she was taking care of us um, at a time when my mother found it slightly difficult. Yeah, and it's interesting now that that's what you're doing for other people is just holding that space, often just being there, being that person who who can facilitate all those challenging conversations, build that trust. Um, that's what I think you bring so so much into those spaces is is that sense of openness. And that comes from a place of, of kindness. One of the most powerful things we can do in, in life is just making space for, for the other, for, for the emotions, for acknowledging that those emotions are there and that it's okay to have all of those emotions. Yeah. Sometimes we don't realize how powerful that in itself is absolutely you really you lean into that and i think it's that quality that brings out the best in people and that's clearly been your superpower throughout your career building these amazing teams that that really yeah, I think it's, it's about accepting people accepting people the way they are and i always was intrigued by the yeah. many different people that i worked with um, who were generous to uh, give me a peek in their lives and uh, took me on um, adventures in India and uh, who I worked with in large global projects. It was not always, it was not only about the project. It was, it was about bonding and connecting and learning from each other. And, um, yeah, and I've heard, and you know, when you when you work like that, it's also what people feed back to you that they knew, and this was what they told me. They knew that I would I would stand for them. I would I would be there for them. Yeah, for teams and for other people. Yeah, and and so when you look back over that career, what what's the thing? What what are you most proud of? Uh, wow, that's a big question. Cat. <laughs> it's my favorite question. <laughs> what am I most proud of? 
I think it's, I find it really hard to pinpoint at one thing. I think what I'm maybe most proud of is where I made a difference. Mm. I made a difference in someone's decisions about themselves, the course they wanted to take, the wings I was able to provide along the way while we were changing the world, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so so it is that. It's that thing where you were able to, to help people within the constraints of an organization to to fly to really flourish and be the best they can be yeah amazing amazing so bringing it around to music um how how much has music played a part in your life music is everything music music is always there for me i i i love very different different styles of music i was brought up with a lot of music in the house classical music music i hated at the time and now learned to appreciate um french music uh, music from uh, brazil music from uh, from other parts of the world uh, i i happen to have a, whatever the mood is i associate music also with periods in my life yeah so yeah i think that's something we share actually when we, because I mean, I've traveled a lot in my life and I have certain tracks that take me not just to a, a you know, it's an era, but it's also a country. Um, yeah. There'll be certain pieces of music that take me to a different place in the world for, for that reason. I think that's something we, we definitely have in common. So when I asked you to pick one track, how, how difficult was it for you? Oh, I spent the whole evening yesterday. <laughs> what, am I, what am I going to bring? Because this is good, but this is also really good. And this matches with something else. And this actually picks me up. And that is, yeah. oh, that brings tears in my eyes. And I, I I talked about it with my youngest daughter. And, and, uh, and in the end, I said to her while she was brushing her teeth, I know it. I know what I what I wanted to pick. And what did you finally settle on? And what I settled on was as from by Stevie Wonder. And the reason I chose that is that song has been with me for almost my entire life. It is a beautiful song about deep love and also about love for life, um, about time passing. Yeah. And about your legacy and about choices that you make in there. And then again, it's about deep love. Yeah. So when can you can you recall when you first heard it? When did it first come into your life? Well, it's on the album Songs in the Key of Life, which is the best album that Stevie Wonder ever made. Oh. Um, and um it's I I must have been 13 or something, 14 that it came into my life. Um, and it, it's it, it, it's uh, two LPs, you know, long yeah. these things that turn. Which are coming back in tables. Yeah, they're coming back. They're coming back. We see yes. a lot more now. And, there, and it came with um, a whole book of the, the, the lyrics. And so I knew them by heart. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's wonderful. With, isn't my, it? with my friends, we would sit there and just sing along. And it, 
oh yeah happy memories yeah and i think i think it is that undercurrent of love i mean that's what stevie wonder does so well it's just i've got some resonances of i just called to say i love you and you know it's just he really personifies it for me you know that that how to put the emotion of love into words which is often quite difficult you know it's um it's that yeah. that feeling that you get when when you do do what you're doing which is head out into an adventure and and take on the world and and go and explore you know it's um that's the essence of it also that's that's very authentic he's a very authentic artist um um he did some amazing and cool innovative things that we now think oh yeah i you know that's not new well it was new when he started doing them so his songs in the key of life is also an album which which has a lot of diverse numbers where he was experimenting with different you know fusing different uh, music styles uh which brought out some of the most amazing uh classics that that uh, that are out there yeah and i think also just you know being such a a role model for anyone who's blind that you can learn music you can you can be a top performer you can go out and take on the world you know that that in itself is part of his story that was just so was always so inspiring yeah yeah this amazing guy amazing so yeah and he's um not on the playlist so far so that's that's a wonderful addition thank you (laughs) and then to wrap things up the wisdom that you would like to share that that has maybe helped you along the way that you have as a guide what what's a piece of wisdom that you would put out there it would be each one of us has so many more sides than you think you have go and explore them this idea of multifaceted yeah the way you have just taken on new challenges and you know these what what you were talking about with new identities don't be afraid to step into a new identity which can be quite confronting yeah we're sometimes we sometimes think this is who we are but it i i i am convinced yeah there's 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 the deep inside who we are the soul etc the way we express that has so many possibilities sometimes people feel stuck in a certain way of doing things and which has worked for a long time and then it doesn't anymore yeah so discovering new ways different ways of expressing who you are in that moment which may also shift in time can bring a a life full with learning and um, and discovery yeah and I think that's the that's the the essence to having that legacy that leaving that that beautiful legacy that you talk about having that impact is when we're not afraid to change and and step into new identities and and really explore those those multifaceted sides to ourselves yeah fabulous fabulous and I was interested just to ask you for anyone who is listening to this who's starting out in their career you're such an inspirational leader you've had this really illustrious career what would be your advice to those people who are setting out on that journey my advice would be to go after what truly interests you mm. at that moment which may shift over time yeah at that moment focus on what you truly love doing because that passion is the added source is is what what makes you stand out 
and then learn everything there is to know about what it is you do so that you really become really good at it. Look for role models, look for people that uh, that you can learn from and jump in the pool. Jump in the pool. I love that. I think that's going to be the title to your your episode. I just want to say thank you because one of the the real gifts of the IPEC training for me was the friendship that we have as a result. You know, we meet quite regularly and I I count myself as being so lucky to have such a great sounding board, someone who has really helped me lean into these new skills. And yeah, it was a it was a gift I didn't expect to find from from the training program, but it's one that I really deeply treasure. So thank you for joining me and best of luck with your new ventures. Thank you for having me here. Uh, 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 I feel honored and <laughs> likewise, it is a treasure to have found you, Kat. And uh, so uh, love, love our conversations and hope they will last for a long, long time. Absolutely. Thanks so much for joining me and lots of love. Thank you so much to Marilyn for joining me for that conversation. I do hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. And I have Dr. Julia Jones joining me next week for some really fascinating information about the neuroscience behind those small changes, small positive changes or biohacks, as she calls them, that can really make a lasting and positive impact on our own health and well-being. It's a fascinating subject. And one of her top tips is to boost your mood through music. Julia is a rock musician herself. And her message is such a simple one, but it's so effective. I'm really looking forward to sharing that conversation with you. In the meantime, have a great week and see whether you can make a difference in your own life and the lives of others in the week to come. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from. So I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.